<laughs> Welcome to Houndstooth Heroes, brought to you as always by Druid City Brewing County Company. Gentle reminder, if you are the social media type, you can find us on Facebook with the moms or on Twitter at H-Tooth Heroes. My name is Greg and his name is Ellis, and we are coming to you live as hell from Nashville, Tennessee and Taos, New Mexico. First, and most importantly, what are you drinking to get you through this horrible podcast? Let's see. Well, thank you for asking, Gregory, and I will I will get right to that point, but I'd like to pick up a thread which you have sewn over the past couple of weeks uh, that says, we will shop anything that you would like advertised oh. on this here podcast. And, and uh, I would like to relay a conversation I had with listener Krob, noted distinguished UCF alumnus and a bit of a merch whiz uh, who approached me about selling his UCF national championship gear on this podcast about pushing it. Right. And I, I said, Krob, you've listened to the podcast. You understand that we have standards in as much as we kind of know what that word means, so of course we will push your UCF national championship <laughs> here. We'll push anything. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so, so hey, so one, buy C Rob shirts, man. I don't even know what they right. look like. Buy them. Uh, they're they're lovely. Uh, but to the original question, I have a special treat tonight, which actually I'm going to call my favorite beer of 2017, making a strong push for favorite beer of 2018. Which is Nashville's own homestyle IPA from Bearded Iris. I don't know if you've pleasured your tongue with this, Gregory. It is I have a not double IPA. My with that. Oh man, it is the most tongue pleasuring. Huge fan. Wow. Highly recommend. Tell us what you're drinking. All right. Um. Okay. Uh. In the spirit of pimping uh products, I am currently drinking a Paloma. Which, if you're unfamiliar with the Paloma, what a Paloma is is your uh, Mexican liquor. It can be a tequila. I am enjoying a mezcal. Traditionally, it is mixed with uh, a lemon-lime seltzery thing. Uh, I, of course, am white trash, so I'm making it with a fresco. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'm having illegal mezcal uh, with a fresco. And let me just tell you, uh, heroes, this is some delightful uh, 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 tongue latherer. Um, let me, first, when I was talking about Pimping a company, Illegal Mezcal is one of my favorite companies, and here's why. Those of you who don't know me, uh, I lived in Guatemala for a period of time. There's a bar called uh, Cafe No Say, owned by some friends of mine, and this was legally, uh, this was originally uh, made. Obviously, all mezcal comes from Oaxaca, Mexico, and it was illegally transported across the border uh, by the guys that own Cafe No Say. It was brewed especially for Cafe No Say. It still says it on the back of the bottle. So anyway, if you're in the mood for mezcal, I highly recommend Illegal Mezcal. If you want to make a Paloma, probably don't make it with a Fresca. But anyway, um, I don't think that's exactly how advertising is supposed to work. We bought the own, we bought our bought the product ourselves, and now we're talking about it. Uh, but anyway, we've never been conventional podcasters, so let's get this party started. When we last spoke. We were heading into Arkansas State, who is favored to win the Sun Belt Conference with mm. a strong passing game. Let's take a look at how that worked out. Well, it didn't so much, uh, at least for them. Our boy, Tua, <laughs> a.k.a. Maui, for all you Moana fans out there, Tongue of Iloa mm -hmm. finished 13 of 19 on the day, 228 yards and four 
beautiful, beautiful touchdown passes. He led seven drives, tossed in runs himself of 15 and 12 yards, TD passes of uh, 58 yards to Jerry, Judy, Judy, Judy. That's my mm. that's my Cary Grant impression. Uh, nice. Thank you. A 31-yarder to Henry Ruggs III, 41-yarder to Devontae Smith, all of those in the first quarter, mind you, and tacked on a 14-yarder to one Derek Keefe later, which was nice to see. So your tide rolled 57-2-7, uh, and it was the first time since 1925 that the Alabama Crimson Tide has scored 50-plus points in each of its first two games. That is correct, and even Jalen got in the mix. At first, I thought, oh, no, more of the bad Jalen when he fumbled on the goal line. Mm. Uh, but, you know, it's hard to knock the guy for trying to make a play when you're in his situation. Uh, but he redeemed himself, going seven for nine for 93 yards, and honestly looking very strong in the passing game, uh, as strong as he's going to look at, at Auburn next year. Uh, granted, he wasn't asked to throw the deep ball, but, look, his intermediate passes definitely had some zip. Uh, I, I wish you hadn't said that because he is exactly <laughs> Gus Malzahn's quarterback, and that is happening. Um, but yeah, but uh, I it was there was a lot of attention, I would say, to the QB relationship. Uh, Tua celebrated his boy, and then they did an adorable little dual celebration after another. It was Jaylen. adorable. It was. It was really adorable. Yeah. After a Jalen mm-hmm. TD, and I before we get into that, I would be remiss if I didn't say. Jalen's just—he's such a fine, upstanding young man who's who's he contributed really to this program both on and off the field. Uh, we can't say enough about what he's done for for he Alabama really, football. He, pro- he, 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 I'm sure he goes and visits children in the hospital, mm-hmm. uh, brings meals on wheels to grandmothers. There's nothing does. the boy doesn't do. No, he's he's outstanding. He is he is handsome, debonair, all of the above. But I just want, I just want to say there are all these great pictures circulating, and again the the gifts and the vines of the celebrations. Notice I said gif hard G there. Uh-huh. Uh, if you look closely, though, I don't think those two quarterbacks are happy on the same level. I think. Are you, you suggesting? Are you ahead, suggesting that they're? You think they're faking it? As someone who I... knows a lot about people faking it, <laughs> Gregory. We talked about this. Uh, okay. I don't. I don't. I don't want to accuse Jalen of faking it. And I think. I mean, truth be told, to to our running little stick here, good on Jalen for trying to make the best of a situation that everyone knows completely sucks. Uh, right. But I just think there are these pictures of them, like with their arms around each other on the sideline. Tua is legitimately having the time of his life. Jalen <laughs> is pretending to have the time of his life. Really? Okay. Well, here, and here's the thing about Jalen. All right. Jalen looked great. Yes, he did. Here's the problem, though. Uh, early last year, Jalen looked great. Jalen has potential mm-hmm. to do, yeah, remember like the early games last year mm-hmm. when Jalen looked fantastic and we thought he was going to win the Heisman Trophy and he was setting the world on fire and then all of a sudden he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn? Mm-hmm. Um, I've, you know, that's the thing is I, I like Jalen. I think he's going to be a serviceable, in fact, good quarterback somewhere at else. Auburn. Um, uh, yeah, at all. <laughs> um, but you know, like I said, I mean, Jalen, uh, Jalen can light the world on fire against the likes of Arkansas State, 
Uh, I, you know, but when it comes to Georgia's defense and LSU's defense and Auburn's defense, sorry, bro. Uh, I need, I need, I need, I need some Tua. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't much scare me on the other side of the field, so I'll, I'll be fine with that. On the quarterback situation, though, Gregory, I learned something this weekend that maybe you knew, but I did not. Did you know that Jay Barker's son is on the team wearing number seven? And also, can you tell our listeners what it is like to be 5,000 years old? Because I certainly can now, and it is weird. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yes, I can tell you what it's like to be 5,000 years old. Because Jay Barker and I were seniors at the same damn time. Oh, no. Oh, no, I don't know. Okay, was no. no, maybe not. Was Jay Barker a senior at, in '92? For the for the I think he was game? a junior actually. Okay, so I'm in fact older than Jay Barker. Oh, right. where's your son no. playing quarterback? You don't even know. You don't even know. Gregory. I don't even know. Could be anywhere. Oh God, how unfortunate for me. Uh, <laughs> but yes, that is what that is what it's like to be five thousand years old. If you'd like to know, um, but pivoting <coughs> because I think that's for the best. Um, yes. Najee Harris ran for a career career high 135 yards and a touchdown on 13 carries. And defensively during that game, another not a non-offensive touchdown. It is the third on the season with Savion Smith returning an interception 38 yards for the final touchdown right before the half. So that was the good in the Arkansas State game. What's the bad, pal? Oh, can we just can we just talk about Smith's interception TD for the rest of the pod? Do we do we have to talk about the not. kicking game? <laughs> Let's kick. Uh, Let's after it. a pole and a Greek uh, took stabs over the past season and a half, we should have known better than to trot a regular old American out there, Austin Jones, he of American birth. Uh, had his right. second and third missed PAT attempts in the first half, and there was much drinking. To to young Austin's credit, he did manage to doink both uprights. Which, <laughs> if you're if you had the prop bet, well done. Right, I mean, I was about to say that had to have paid pretty strong if you had yeah, I, if you had doinks on opposite on opposite uh, on opposite sides. That's an amazing bet, and props to you, brother. Yeah, listener Fred is now checking us out in his new Ferrari. Uh, right, but then, <laughs> hey, Fred. As, yes, Fred, thank you. Uh, then a bit of a bit of sun <laughs> broke through the clouds. Perhaps one Joe Bullivus was right on time. Eh, uh, get <laughs> it? Get <laughs> it? Like as a Bullivus watch. Uh, You're hilarious. Yes, thank you. Bulova from exotic Mandeville, Louisiana, says here, uh, made his first PAT try and a 39-yard field goal. So maybe maybe a bright side there. While we're on the kicking game, Gregory. Real real quickly before you get to that, I did just read on the the, uh, Twitter machine that the the, the, uh, call has been made. Uh, The exotic Mandeville native. Joe Bulovus is getting the nod, and he will be oh, uh, the God. university's kicker because he has shown confidence, and that's what we're looking for, according to Coach Nick Saban. Kickers <laughs> with confidence. Kickers <laughs> with confidence. <laughs> Would be a first on campus in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. But, All right, but, what were you but, saying? Well, speaking of when balls hit feet, right. what is happening with the kickoffs this year and the fair catches, and sometimes they catch it, out of the end zone, and it's a fair catch. I have no idea 
what okay, football even I, means in 2018. Here's basically what I've come come across, come, decided what that means. And hey, listeners, uh, heroes, if I'm wrong, and God knows I'm often wrong, uh, feel free to get on the Twitter machine at H2 Heroes and tell us what we're wrong about. Uh, because basically what I've determined is if you don't run it back, it's just on the 25. Uh, no matter where you catch just it, period. I don't think it matters. Yeah, just period. It's just going to be on the 25. Yeah, I think if you, if you fair catch it anywhere, it's on the 25. I don't really know. I'm not exactly sure, but that's the best I can tell based on uh, my limited uh, ob- observation of the kicking game uh, and my general intoxication level as the game I, wears on. I was going to say, you and I, generally familiar with any and every rule book we've ever come into contact with, we have right. to be unclear here. Uh, we so, are rule so the, breakers, pal. Well, whoa, speak for yourself. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. So the kicking game, bad. Any other bads what? in your mind? All right, well, here's something that's sort of sort of bad. I don't really know if it's bad or not, but it hasn't happened. Another possible concern is a lack of an interior run game. I don't know if that's an actual problem or if we're just taking what the defense gives us, but most of our rushing yards have come from outside the tackles. Um, And that's really not typical for us because if you think back to like Trent Richardson and and Mark Ingram, they were always busting things up behind a guard and, you know, running for 15 yards. And I just haven't seen that this year. Uh, you know, we don't have, and I, I don't, both of our backs, I mean, I, I, well, I shouldn't say that. Uh, I think Najee probably is, is better being used as the way he is, but nobody is being used to run up the middle. And maybe it's, like I said, it may be just because, you know, we haven't needed to. Uh, and certainly that won't be the case this week either, but we'll get to that later. Uh, but either way, quote the Arkansas State coach, whose name I can't recall, this is considerably the best team I've seen in pads or on film in a long time. So, um, <laughs> like, so, but with regard, so, you know, is there bad, I guess, to our standards? Sure. There's always something you can find, but to everybody else's, this is, uh, this, uh, this team, this team could be dangerous. Yeah. I will say, uh, early on, this team feels, as or maybe even more special than any in very recent memory. Yeah. I mean, those I, I, vibes? Well, well, it depends on how you describe special. Last year was really special to me because I didn't, I didn't expect that team to win more than 10 games. Uh, I granted that, you know, 10 games is a lot for a lot of people, but it's not for us. I certainly didn't expect us to be in the national championship and win it. Uh, so last year, I mean, I said this after it happened. You know, we've been in a lot of national championship games. We've won a lot of national national championship games. For some reason, last year's felt different. And I don't know why, but it just did. I think, and all I can come up with is that was not my expectation at all. Mm, You you and Nick both uh, said that about last year's team. I I don't know. There's just a lot of new faces who seem uh, like genuinely great. And excited kids, and uh, I don't know, and more talent. As you said, considerably the best team I've seen in pads or on film, Arkansas State coach. So there's <laughs> that. I want to revisit the running game subject. And actually, okay. I, I know we're going to get there. I think, I think Ole Miss is exactly the team to figure out what our interior running game looks like because it probably right. will look pretty good against. Uh, but is it... I I am uh, both intrigued and aroused, but slightly put off by the fact that 
running the damn ball seems to be our second uh, second option on offense this year. Has, what, is, what does that even mean to you philosophically? Has it changed the way you wake up in the morning and, and go to work? Hmm. What's your take on, on this offense? Hmm. Well, I don't put on the button anymore. I guess that's, you know, and, and I don't that. sleep in the run the damn, I don't sleep in the run, run the damn ball pajamas anymore, which, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot about, there's a, that's a whole oh, other story. So cute. Um, but, and I would like to point this out as much as it's talked about run the damn ball, who invented run the damn ball? It was us. Mm. Mm. So you, you don't recall this because it was an A&M game when you myth, mythically lost your sunglasses and a whole lot of other things went wrong. But we were in the stands during the A&M game with Johnny Menzel when he was carving us up, and we couldn't seem to run the damn ball, screaming at the entire section to run the damn ball, and mm. somehow a chant developed. And I am going to credit us because I have not found anybody else that's willing to take credit. Uh, so I believe it's us. Now, what does it mean to me now? Um, good question. Um, I'm torn between just when, baby. I don't care how it happens. And, you know, if I get back to what Coach Saban has always said is his team has to find an identity. And ordinarily, that identity has been just be punishing. And uh, mm -hmm. this team, I don't know. I mean, I think they're punishing, but in a different way. I think we have a lot of, we have options that are, have never been available to us before. Mm -hmm. Not that we didn't have a quarterback that couldn't throw the ball. They could, but not with um, the accuracy that Tonga Viola has. Uh, you know, we, we were talking about the quote of that. I, can't, I guess it was Loxley that said, you know, everybody can hit the, everybody can hit the house. A lot of people can hit the door. Uh, very few people can hit the, can hit the doorknob to a Tonga Viola can hit the, hit the keyhole. And that's, you know, and when you've got that on staff, uh, that's something really different for us. So, hell yeah, uh, that's, uh, it's new. And, you know, ordinarily, I fear change. But in this case, hey, I'm willing to adapt. What about yourself? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. That And that was one, I, I wouldn't normally correct you, but that was our, our old boy Dable who said that, who has worked okay, with Dable, Tom Brady, okay. worked in the NFL, and has seen many good arms uh, <laughs> who just could not say enough about Tua. Uh, I agree. It feels like, and we've seen, we've seen hints of it in the past when maybe Jay Coker or Blake Sims in particular were at the very peak of their game and everything on the offense was clicking. It's, it's like an, it's an evolution, like a Pokemon evolution when you whatever <laughs> level up and there's new arms and tentacles and weapons, uh, suddenly made available. And yeah, it just feels like we were always like you said, punishing, but in a predictable, methodic way. And now yeah. there's no limit to the amount or type of punishment we can inflict, which is uh, bizarre. And yeah. I, I'm, I find myself drunk with power by midday Saturday every week. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> you'll notice on the podcast, I mean, on the, uh, on the Houndstooth Heroes uh, Twitter, I posted the opulence uh, kissing the mini giraffe. Because that is really how yes. it felt. Watching that happen, watching you know, watching that play out. Granted, it is Arkansas State, but it still felt like opulence. We has it. Uh, I want to kiss the mini giraffe and and kick my feet like a little schoolgirl. But uh -huh. at the, I mean, I, I, one of the things you said was interesting about Blake Sims and Jake Coker. They had, and I, I'm not taking anything away from either one of those guys because I like. Both of those guys and Blake Sims is one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. And, and notably, uh, Jake Coker, he of St. Paul's. High school. Uh, yes, thank you. Exactly. And, uh, you know, they've moved it to 6A, and that's a whole other thing, and I'm not even going to get into it. Uh, but but here's the thing. 
they had the benefit of Lane Kiffin. And I'm not taking anything mm. away from Michael Oxley, but he is not Lane Kiffin in terms mm. of that. That I'm not Loxley is a great, uh, probably one of the best spread option minds of the generation. However, Lane Kiffin can coach can coach a quarterback uh, in that was nothing into something in a matter of no time, and they had the benefit of Lane, Lane Kiffin. Tua came to us this way, and uh, he didn't get Lane Kiffin. He and I'm not saying that Loxley isn't helping him. Obviously, he is. But Tua came like this. Uh, you know, he came with a with a little bow, and here I am from Hawaii, and I'm already fantastic. So, I mean, I think that makes a difference in terms of, you know, what we had with Lane was great. We got this dude without Lane. It's amazing. Ooh, good takes, pal, to a woke up like this. All right. Mm-hmm. We're totally, we just talked about that offense in a way that means we are totally going to score 14 <laughs> points in Oxford this Absolute. weekend. Yes. <laughs> let's yes. at least get there because next up on your tied schedule is one Ole Miss scheduled for a six o'clock kick in lovely Oxford, Mississippi. And Gregory, for the first time this season, your boys will be in the house. Tell me about these right. Rebels. Indeed, we will be there. Uh, and by the way, so hit us up on Twitter at HTH Heroes for all your tailgate invites because mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. won't turn anything down. Well, we will if you don't have bourbon. But, but beyond that, you know, we'll go. Uh, about this game, let me tell you, I had concerns when the schedule came out. The Rebels have three NFL-caliber receivers in A.J. Brown, who is a stud, Demarcus Lodge, and D.K. Metcalf. And that triplet is the reason Ole Miss uh, stakes a claim as the only team in the nation with three returners who have at least seven receiving touchdowns mm. last year apiece. Uh, Ole Miss second read leading receiver this year, Braylon Smith, even isn't even on their list of heralded receivers. So they've got a lot of weapons. Oh, 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 oh. And their quarterback is Hawaiian. <sighs> Not our Hawaiian, right? I know. It's, it's like a trend. Not our Hawaiian, but he is nevertheless Hawaiian, probably for some trashy section of Hawaii. Uh, since the game is early and our second – secondary is brand new we could be in for a long day and that was been my concern the whole time if this game was in november i would really wouldn't care mm-hmm. but they have those receivers and our secondary is still brand new and we and i've been reading today in fact we're just now getting settled on what we're going to do in the secondary and i think we have actually settled on that uh but um you know that's 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 the situation. So I think I still think we may be in for a long day on the defensive side of the ball. But given what I saw from Ole Miss defense last Saturday against some directional Illinois FCS team, your Tides should be able to score pretty much at will this weekend. Uh, Ole Miss gave up 630 yards of offense. Now, granted, Ole Miss said they were not terribly focused uh, given this, given that the game against Alabama was coming up. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, that's what I would say, too, if I got lit up like a Christmas tree. Uh, so, you know, look, 630 yards, I don't care who it is or what your focus is, it's still a hell of a lot of yards. Uh, in addition to that, they are depleted. I read the list. They've got about eight guys who are questionable at best coming into this game. But nevertheless, I'm still terrified. Uh, this is a team that can score points. And depending on how their de- defense performs, if it, and look, because they weren't bad last year, and it's not like everybody left. So they have the potential to be pretty decent defensively. We could be in for a fourth quarter shootout. Who knows? You got any takes? Do I, I have moderate takes. I do believe it'll be a shootout for a while. Uh, I, I've watched, I watched Ole Miss in week one play Texas Tech, which I expected Ole Miss to lose. I think I hated on them fairly hard on this, this very podcast. Uh, and they came out and looked much better than I expected. But it all 
all revolves around those three receivers, like you mentioned. I mean, I think everyone is talking about these receivers, and I'm still not sure they're being talked about enough. I think they could – I don't know. Is anyone saying that they could be three first-round picks? Three first-round yeah, probably I strong. I was, re- I was watching – I watched the Illinois directional game, and they were talking yeah. about Ole Miss could have, I think, up to five players in the first two rounds. Definitely <laughs> these three guys in the first round. Which, again, goes back to just their, their stand-up recruiting methods and how they have only targeted good kids who, right. who right. loved the state of Mississippi and wanted to represent that school uh, for the right well, reasons. Because cause if that is what an 18-year-old kid from the inner city loves, it's Oxford, Mississippi. I can't imagine <laughs> anything else that an 18-year-old kid from the inner city would want. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, anyway, I think the receivers are complete and total studs. Uh, I think we'll be up for the challenge. It was nice to play a spread offense uh, this week or this past week against Arkansas State. I suspect their Hawaiian is not that much better than the Arkansas State quarterback. And they still they haven't had a running game in since the years. Damn Nixon yeah. era. So right. uh, I, I think our defense will be prepared, I guess, and, and stationed properly to shut it down. And then that Rebel defense is such hot trash. Uh, just a, a dumpster fire made up of 11 men who seem to hate each other and hate uh, the entire <laughs> sport of football. So uh, I, I think we'll be fine there. My biggest take, I, I the, the Ole Miss Twitter this week and the Alabama Respect Week really caught me off guard, Debbie. They do this every year. Um, and I can't recall its origin. Um, but there was something about disrespecting the tide, uh, that originated on Twitter and somehow that became a thing that Ole Miss does. It's absolutely. Wow. It, to the point where I actually, I actually enjoy it because oh, uh, if, absolutely. You, if, you, if you don't, if you don't follow Red Cup Rebellion, which is the Ole Miss SB Nation website, uh, you should, uh, especially for this week, but follow them in general. Those guys are funny. Uh, it's, it's, it's Ole Miss generally. But they're self-deprecating. They're they're good guys. Uh, we've got an invite to one of their tailgates. Their tailgate this Saturday, and I hope to hit that up. So anyway, so we will plug Red Cup Rebellion here on the Houndstooth Heroes uh, podcast because those are genuinely funny dudes. Uh, and so pay attention to them if you aren't already. Yeah, yeah. I just I I don't know how to rebut all this respect. But again, worth well, here's how you. I mean, I, I I'm right. That problem is, as it's been pointed out. If you if you're just respecting the tide for one week, is that the ultimate disrespect? Why don't so you, much why don't disrespect us? there, yeah. Right? I yeah. mean, there's a whole year you could be respecting us. I don't understand. Anyway, I, I all right. So moving moving on uh, to your special uh, segment, rat poison. Uh, is there rat poison this week, Metsy? Since you oh. bailed on us last week. Well, yeah. Last week, lacking in in rat poison after week one. Week two, coming in strong with rat poison by its very definition. This week's coming from uh, Stuart Mandel, he who is currently writing for The Athletic, along with the rest of the world's sports writers. Right. Uh, Here's why noting, I joined The Athletic. Uh, tell me. Uh, he, he opened an article, which was a, not about Alabama, uh, but, but with the sort of given assumption that Alabama and Georgia will be facing each other in the playoffs and likely for the national championship game again. So just want to call him out. Stu hated the rat poison, but it did take place in a very thoughtful piece about uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes and sort of what the 
football landscape will look like going forward should they win out as they're expected to and and make a postseason appearance. Uh, really thoughtful, really well written, and uh, and and appreciated despite the rat poison. Okay, uh, we have a we. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna riff on this if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a thought on this. All right, let's assume Ohio State does win out now. The question I have, and I'm going to answer my own question because it's sort of rhetorical, is does Ohio State, given their issues, get a spot in the playoffs? And here's why I ask that question. Um, I recall, well, I don't recall directly, but I re- I've read, the, thinking, thinking back to 1966 Alabama, uh, Michigan State and Notre Dame battled to a tie. Notre Dame got crowned the national championship that year, champion that year. Uh, your Crimson Tide was undefeated and finished number three. And the generally accepted rule reason for us finishing number three is segregation. Is we they did not like, you know, obviously the segregation issue, you know, nobody's really particularly in favor of it, but that is the reason that we were not given the national championship that year is because of what was perceived to be a moral shortcoming. Now, translate that to Ohio State. I I think they the times are too different, Gregory. I don't think there's any morality that can be taken into account. I don't think there's <laughs> any amount of blood that can't be washed off a winning football coach's hands at most of these large schools, in particular the one in question. I I think the times have done changed. All right, fair enough. It saddens right. me to say. Okay. That's depressing. All right. Well, we have one other ridiculous segment we're going to bring to you today, and that uh, is Ask a Hero from Twitter. What we've been doing on the uh, Twitter.com on our uh, our particular site of H2 Heroes, we've encouraged the listeners, you heroes yourselves, to give us questions. And I'm going to give them to Metsy in a rapid-fire content situation. Uh, and here's what you offered from us today. Uh, Shula's Jumbo Set wants to know, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being a 2 to nothing win, and 10 being a jewel-smoking transgender center, how bad would Coach Bryant hate our offense? Gregory, I think we're at a 9.5. He's probably rolling in his grave. All right, fair. All right, next up, listener. And by the way, Alabama State House candidate, who we are big fans of here at the pod, Jack Jacobs, wants to know, should UAB Medicine be paid to clone Saban? I'm going to say no here because it it increases the chances of Saban to Texas and also want to oppress UAB at any turn. Right. That was my thoughts exactly. Do we want more Sabans? I mean, great. It'd be great if we had another one. But what if there's lots of them running around? I Didn't couldn't one. handle it. Couldn't handle it. Right. All right. Speaking of Shoeless Jumbo Set, we uh. ask, and, and heroes, you always deliver. As you know, there is a new offering, a food offering at Bryant-Denny Stadium, the gigantic Script A branded turkey leg. Naturally, we were intrigued. We ask you, the heroes, please order and deliver a blow-by-blow account of the undertaking of eating this turkey leg. And behold, Jules Jumbo said, if you pay attention to our Twitter account, did in fact order and eat and record the consumption of the giant turkey leg. And here it is. 
All right, it's Shoeless Jumbo set here live at Bryant-Denny Stadium for the home opener against Arkansas State. I have just procured one of the amazing Alabama Script A branded turkey legs. So per the request of the heroes, I'm going to dig into this thing and give you an audio recording of what it tastes like. Mmm. Tastes smoky and good, much like my junior year of college on the first bite. There's not many left. I think they're down to about five left as I'm out here, right here about an hour before kickoff. Mmm. A little bit dry. I think they cooked them earlier today. I think if you want the peak moisture, you need to get here early. Mmm. Mm. That skin is as sweet as Seattle in overtime against Georgia. Mmm. This is a man snack right here. Yes, I've had them. I'm a connoisseur. I just had somebody come up and tell me they have them at Disney. I've had them at Disney. I've had them at NASCAR races. And now I've had them at Bryant Denny. And they are straight amazing. I said it's a little bit dry. My recommendation was get here before an hour till kickoff. Get a menu. But overall, things taste amazing. Much like our 18th national championship will taste come January. Roll Tide live from Bryant Denny Stadium, Shields Jumbo Set, signing off. Okay, well, I, <laughs> I don't really know what to say about that other than, no, I'm not even going to say that. I suppose we should move on. <laughs> oh, oh, please. That, that well, okay. was so much, I mean, it was a dumb idea that we sort of fired off the hip. And what Shoeless Jumbo set delivered was so much better than I could have ever imagined. It's, it feels like you're there. You can you can hear the crinkling of the aluminum. You can hear the gumps passing by talking about the, the, Disney World. Disney World. Yeah. Uh, hey, I got me I one know. of them. Oh. <laughs> and, and, and I then, do like I, enjoy, I like that Shoeless Jumbo set has anointed himself as, in fact, a connoisseur, a connoisseur. of the giant turkey leg. Turkey leg. Yeah, you know, I've had these all over the globe. Eating them in NASCAR races, have had the Disney exactly. World, the aforementioned Disney World. Oh, it's so good. I am if just... they have a turkey leg, I get the turkey. You, know you know what it is. It's, there, there's always a go-to food for everybody that if it's on mm. the menu, for me, it's a Reuben. If, you get, if, you know, if the Reuben's on the menu, I'm going to get the Reuben. Sheila's Jumbo Set. I think he just sort of scans the room. Is there a giant turkey leg? I've got to have it. I spy a turkey leg, man. <laughs> and I respect the hell out of that, frankly. I mean, oh, you know these things aren't easy to eat, as evidenced by the time <laughs> that, you, that you once drew blood from trying to tackle one of these guys at a Final Four basketball game? Is that where we were? Exactly. Yeah. yeah ex oh, I, I did. That's right. No, yeah. You, you straight up started bleeding from the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, from a giant from a giant turkey leg related incident. Oh yeah, yes, oh, yeah. That was yes. at the final. That was at the final four. Yeah, there we were in Atlanta. It went horribly wrong. Yeah, mm. yeah. That whole Just, night went horribly wrong. But that's a whole other story. It, it, yeah, let's not. But but the utmost <laughs> respect for Shula's jumbo set here for taking this exactly. on and, and bringing the listener into this. 
Uh, listener Fred certainly appreciates it, as do we. Absolutely. All right. Now, moving on to the thing we do the best, which is hate, as you know. There is an abbreviated lineup of games this week. Uh, as Georgia and Mississippi State are talking, taking on cupcakes, we're not going to talk about that. And there's a good num- number of teams that are on buys. But remember, it only takes one to lose your house, and we're here to help you with that. Let's take a look at the Southeastern Conference. Games that matter! Games that matter. Can you imagine having a bye week here in week three? I know, Couldn't, right? be Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. All right, let's start here here with my hometown doors, <laughs> who are Your traveling. Doors. I don't know who their coach is anymore. It's no, that guy. I don't know. It's fine. Yeah, uh, whatever. Traveling to, traveling northward to South Bend to take on the pugilistic Irishmen who are 14 and a half point faves in front of touchdown Jesus Gregory. Tell us who you hate. Well, first of all, I would be remiss if we did not point out that their coach is Brian Kelly, who killed a kid. Um, but, because uh, stay away from a scissor lift, that's all i got to say. This number seems awfully low. Uh, Vandy has beaten Middle Tennessee and Nevada at home while Notre Dame beat Michigan 24-17 and also beat Ball State. Uh, I just think it's that's a lot bigger than that. And I don't, you know, I have not poured over the numbers, uh, but Vandy, you know, look, they took care of business. They beat the teams they had on their schedule. But I think Notre Dame has a very big day, and I'm hating the door, which is my hate of the week! Hate of the week, of the week, of the week! Thank you. Nicely done. What about yourself? Uh-huh. Uh, I am, I am, I could not be more on the same page with you, Gregory. Uh, just think Notre Dame is a fine team. I don't know. I don't know what they're ranked or, uh, what's expected yeah. of them, but, but, you know, handled Michigan easily despite the, the one possession final score. It was not ever that close. And Vandy ain't no Michigan. I think this is probably three, four plus touchdowns. Very much hating the door here. Fair enough. All right. The only other game we're going to cover uh, is the other big game. Uh, it's really the big game of the week. The LSU Tigers travel to uh, the Jordan-Hare Voodoo House where Auburn is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, who do you hate? Oh, I hate this game, uh, frankly. <laughs> right. I, I, think, I think it's just going to be too tough for LSU. They're playing good ball right now, have a lot of confidence. Uh, but like you said, it's at the voodoo house itself. And there's there's a revenge factor here. And you know, I, I factor in these types of things. Uh, Auburn is upset. Did you know last year they blew a 21-point lead? Is that what happened? I did not know that. Tell me more. They Well, <laughs> they, at, at one point in the game, they were ahead by 21 points. And Wait, then what you're saying later here, in the game, they lost the oh, game. What you're saying is Auburn was ahead. By a cup, by a few touchdowns, and yet yes. at the end of the game, they were not ahead. In fact, they lost. <laughs> you, Auburn you, lost. you have you have understood correctly, Gregory. Huh? Isn't yeah. that something? Huh. It was okay. quite All right, go ahead. a thing. Quite a thing at the time. Uh, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think Auburn is uh, starting a little stronger than normal. Probably doesn't bode well for them later in the season. Let's hope. Uh, I think they right. come out big here. And I like them to cover, probably win by 15. So okay. hating hating a Bayou Bingle, and I guess because of uh, no other option, I have to make it my hate of the week. Okay, fair. 
All right, tell me your All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, my instincts agree with you, so they take the barn in something of a route, like 17 points or so, but Auburn has only beaten LSU by more than a touchdown twice in Auburn mm-hmm. since 2000. So history really isn't on their side to do it. LSU won last week, but their offense looked um, – Boring and lackluster like LSU's offense tends to be. And Auburn's D, at least the front seven, are as stout as anybody in football. Uh, I really, really like the under in this game. Uh, but because of what I think is going to be a lack of scoring, I think Auburn wins, but only by, let's say, a touchdown. So based on that, I'm going to hate on an Auburn Tiger. Okay, right. I respect it. All right. So you're tied. Is a 21, it varies. I've seen it at 21, I've seen it at 22, I've seen it at 22 and a half. Point favorite against these Rebel Black Bear Land Sharks. That they are, the, the team without an identity or with 20 identities, depending on who you ask. Uh, before we hate, let's check the trends like we do. Uh, Alabama mm-hmm. owns 12 victories in the last 14 meetings with the Rebs, which against our four most teams would probably be acceptable but but downright depressing here for us uh the rebels are three and one against the spread over the last four encounters upsetting the tide twice and keeping another game a little closer than anyone was comfortable with uh but if you look at the rebels last 11 home games they are three and eight against the spread and two and five against the spread in their last seven games after a straight up win all that two and five Uh spread last seven games after a straight win uh, thank Dude, you. Meanwhile, <laughs> well, but I'm, I'm just for listener Fred here trying to lay it out. Right, right, right. Meanwhile, right. your tide is four and zero against the spread in the last four games in September. Love this. Say that you remember mm-hmm. dancing in September. Oh, and the uh, yeah, yeah. The over is five and zero in their last five games in September, and so far, eighty-two percent of the money coming in in Vegas is on. Well, Vegas and Mississippi, I should say. Is right, on the right. tide. Yeah. So smart money seems to say take the tide and the over. But Gregory, we've never been so smart. Tell me, who do you hate? <sighs> Boy, do I hate the under on this game. Uh, I don't care if it is 71. And in fact, it is 71 American football points. Uh, and I've spent some time on the various vetting sites, which I know should come as a complete surprise to all of you. And they agree to hate the under. Uh, but honestly, they're split on who to take. Uh, I've been on a roll so far. I've hated the Tide to cover in every game, and true to form, they have covered. So uh, not being one to give up on tradition, I'm going to hate the Tide again. And here's my final score. Tide, 52 points. They're Rebels, 36. Uh, what say you, Metsy? I'm trying to do the math. That put us at a 16 point. Yeah, you got us a 16 yeah. point. Uh, winner there. Gregory, yeah, I think it's going to be even bigger. Yeah, I, th- I think okay. it may be that shootout that a lot of people are expecting for the first, like, quarter? Quarter and a half? Uh, so there could be could be a lot of points jumping out then. Uh, I think I think Tua plays most of the game, which will make a huge difference. But by the latter part of the game, I think we're pounding the run, and Laud is that Ole Miss defense horrific. And 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 truly, I mean, it's it's uh, traumatic to watch. It's disturbing on many <laughs> levels to watch their defense on the field. So I think it gets really ugly there. 
I'd like to say the tide puts up about 69, but I think we may fall just short. I'm going to put us at 61, tide 61, rebel black bear land sharks 24. All right. Hating the rebel black bear land sharks. Okay, fair enough. And that will do it for another episode of Houndstooth Heroes. Again, you can find us on Facebook. Maybe we're not sure. We don't really know if we're there or not. Uh, but definitely on Twitter at Tooth Heroes. We thank you for spending the last hour or so with us. We know there are a lot of podcasts out there, and ours absolutely sucks the most. But because, you know, you're here and we're here, we'll be here next week. As always, thank you to Bo and Elliot and everybody at Druid City Brewing Company in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, for keeping us in the tastiest of suds whenever we're in town. You should do the same. Take us home, brother. Thank you, Gregory. I love you. Look forward to seeing you in Oxford. Y'all be yeah, good. Yeah. Roll Tide.